Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Hey, welcome back. My name is James. I'm Drew. And it's wonderful to see you guys here today. We are going to be talking about the Ten Commandments. Uh, this is the third episode of this season, so make sure that you've checked out the other two. Uh, we are now on the Third Commandment. James, I have a question. Okay. You said that you were happy to see the people mm-hmm. today. Do you see the people? You don't see anyone? I don't see anyone. Oh. So I'm just wondering if I'm missing out <laughs> on something that, you, that you're seeing. I was talking yeah. about Chad. Okay, we want to give it a shout out to Chad, who is helping us with the uh, technical side of everything. So he's exactly. the one who makes sure we are heard and seen, yep. uh, and so we appreciate his his help with this whole thing. <laughs> there you go. I got you a shout out. <clears throat> so back to the Ten Commandments. Here we go. <laughs> All right, I want to start in Acts chapter five. Perfect. We're going to talk about the third commandment, um, and the third commandment is uh, if I don't know if, I don't know if the viewers at home can see this, but we have a lovely stone uh what's the word representation of yeah. the ten commandments the thing's pretty heavy it is um, but it's got them all on there so it's uh, it's pretty cool which used to be a lot more common than it is today but uh two two tablets there and uh all ten commandments so um the third commandment is you shall not take the lord the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain so uh we want to know what does and does not this commandment mean. So the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. We're to worship the one God and him alone. The second commandment is you shall not make a graven image for yourself. That is, you're not to worship the one true God through an image or worship an an image of something other than the one true God. Um, not to worship images at all, not to make images at all and venerate them. Uh, the third commandment is to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. As I mentioned in an earlier episode, there's two tables of the law. There's the table, the first table and the second table, the first table dealing with the commands uh, pertaining to our commitment to the Lord and the second one to our neighbor. And so that's why in the New Testament, when Jesus says, when they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first table. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second table, right? So That's you can kind of you can kind of see those uh, those yeah. two things there. So um, we are we're looking at the third commandment today. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And so I'm looking at Acts chapter five here for an example of individuals who have broken this commandment. All right, Acts okay. chapter five. So there's a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira. Yeah. They sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. But the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. 
When the young man in, they came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband, and great fear came upon the whole church and all who heard these things. Now, we're tempted to think that the reason Ananias and Sapphira were killed was because they lied. And there's a sense in which that's absolutely correct. They lied, and so because of their lie, they paid the price with their very lives. The question here, though, is who did they lie to? Yeah. Um, the the commandment dealing with lying or bearing false witness, which we'll get to in a further episode, has to do with lying to your neighbor, right? Here, they're lying to the Lord while calling themselves Christians, while calling themselves the people of God. This, even though they didn't utter any, um, you know, any what what we might think of as cuss words or any kind of swear words or anything like that. They took the name of the Lord their God in vain, and that is why they perished. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. You know, one of the ways that I had this explained to me once was when a bride takes on the name of her husband, she takes on his last name and, and therefore represents him and his family and and ultimately creates his descendants, right? Sure. And passes that name on. Yeah. So the name of that husband is very important. Um, if the woman were to marry a man and then try to name the offspring a different last name, right? that really wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? That would you'd be correct. <laughs> and so I think the same thing goes with when we become Christians and we take on that title that yeah. we are now Christ followers, that when we go out into the world, if people don't see us as Christ followers, mm -hmm. if we, um, for example, my wife worked in the banking industry, and there was a man that had a nonprofit uh, that he ran in the town, very well known, and uh, one day he got a late fee at the bank, and he called, and the first thing he said was, do you not know who I am? I am a child of God. And it's, well, you still get the late fee. <laughs> You know, yeah. that doesn't excuse you from the late fee. And I think that, obviously, that's a that's mm -hmm. a comical ex example. But I think, ultimately, we do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, we're Christians. You can't do that to me. Or um, maybe I think that I can get away with this because I am a Christian. Right. You know, and I think that that is very much so taking mm -hmm. the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. So I, I think that, you know, the first commandment, we all, I mean, again, we've, Spoiler alert, we all break all ten of the commandments, right? Yeah. Prior to our Christian life and after we become Christians, yeah. right? Um, at least breaking the, the spirit of, of the commandment there. Jesus makes that clear in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I think the third commandment is often misunderstood and often probably one of the commandments that's broken the the most frequently yeah. um, without really there being an understanding of how. It's been broken, and so um, to to bear to bear God's name to the the word there for bear is actually the same word that's used for carry. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's to or to take God's name is to bear God's name to carry God's name. Don't don't take the name of the Lord upon yourself in a vain or in a flippant way. Right. Um, that following Jesus is not something that you do because there's nothing else better to do. No. Uh, it's something that is, is serious, that it's something that is uh, significant, that if God is going to put his name upon you, he expects and exactly. commands you to live in such a way that you make his name well-known, 
mm-hmm. uh, in a in a positive sense and not in a flippant sense. It's just like you used the example. I think it's a good example you used of the of the wife taking her husband's name. Um, that's why adultery, you know, is so scandalous. Not just because in the Ten Commandments, but because this this you know, if there's a there's a woman who has an affair with another man of a different name, well, she's actually taken that guy's name in vain. You yeah. know, she's taken her husband's name in vain. She doesn't. She's not faithful to him. She's you right. know committing adultery with this other individual. And so, in the same way, whenever we take the Lord's name, we don't just take it on ourselves in a flippant manner. Is okay. I'm a Christian, so I can go do whatever I want. Exactly. You know, Paul says, "Are we to sin?" so that grace may abound. Right. And then he responds, by no means, no way, is that what we're supposed to do? So um, the idea the idea there is really a good sentiment. Like, God forgives sinners, and I want the grace of God to look so magnificent and abundant. So if I keep on going and sinning, and God keeps loving me, this makes the love of God magnified. It makes yeah. it look greater. Well... That might sound really good from your point of view, but that's not at all what the Scripture teaches at any point. Um, and, and that's the exact opposite of what the Ten Commandments demand here. Um, these are Ten Commandments. They're not Ten Suggestions, and we need yeah. to be mindful of that. So in keeping that uh, in, in line with that, the third uh, question 99 of the Heidelberg Catechism says, what's required in the Third Commandment? That we must not, by cursing, by false swearing, nor yet by unnecessary oaths proclaim profane or abuse the name of our God, nor even by our silence be partakers of these horrible sins in others. And in some that we use the holy name of God no otherwise than with fear and reverence so that he might be rightly confessed and worshiped by us and glorified in all our words and works. So does this commandment tell us that we shouldn't um, swear using God's name? Absolutely. You know, that, that's part of this commandment, uh, that we shouldn't trivially use the name of the Lord. No. Um, but it doesn't just stop there. And I think a lot of people say, think that just because um, they, they don't use the, the name of the Lord flippantly, um, that they, that they have, have kept this commandment. Well, just because um, you, don't, you don't use the name of the, the Lord in an unworthy manner in your speech doesn't mean that you haven't taken his name in vain in some other areas of your life, um, that you're not walking and living circumspectly uh, in the world. Thoughts on that? Yeah, so I know um, a lady that is very devout. She's wonderful, but one of the things that she says often when something happens is, for the love of Jesus, and it it honestly just pierces me every time I hear it, and I've actually heard my kids pick up on it, Mm. and I had to explain to my kids, like, there's actual power in the name of Jesus. There's a reason right. why at the end of our prayers we say in, in the Jesus name of Jesus. Name, yeah. You know, we should not be saying his name um, in just a in a, in a manner. And it, it, you watch modern TV today, and it's almost like they're trying to um, take the name of Jesus and diminish it to the point right. where we don't think there's any power in it anymore. That's right. It's, it's trying to make, I mean... What's the difference in the name of Jesus and the name of James? You know, oh, huge. there's a world of difference. Yeah. You know, in the in the in the in the two names, they're not even of the same kind. And mm-hmm. so the 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 subtle uh, desire there is to dwindle away yeah. the efficacy and the power of the name of Jesus Christ, and just hey, Jesus is just like every one of us. Yeah. And eventually, what that's going to do is, well, Jesus Jesus is just a sinner, just like the rest of us. You right. know, uh, no, the name of Christ is holy, other, completely 
um, completely above um, this this entire sinful world, and we need to live in such a way that that's mindful of that. Now, again, this might bring up the charge of, hey, this is just being legalistic. This is just you know adding adding trivial rules. You know, the the yeah. God knows what I mean whenever I say what I say. Yeah. Um, it's about a relationship and not a religion. All these trite things that we might say. Right. Um, but let me let me just say all again, all relationships have rules yeah. and. Um, this is not a relationship among equals where there's like an agreed upon set of, of rules and you guys both sign and no this is a this is a gracious kind of relationship that God condescends to make uh, with us so he gets to set the rules and we get to accept the rules we don't get to determine what they are right, right? so just again to be mindful if you're if you're if you're wrestling with this if you're struggling with this um, that that probably says more about you than it does about what what the rules that God lays down are, you know, and just just to be yeah. mindful. And I don't say that to uh, belittle or or demean mm-hmm. anyone, but just we're all so wrapped up with our own pride and our own right. sinfulness so often that we can we cannot we often don't take these things to heart uh, the way that God has desired and intended us to. Well, um, go ahead. I think it's evidence also that even those who aren't saved, those who don't believe, the non-believers still have a respect for the name uh if you think about it in a sense that when something happens you don't hear someone go abraham lincoln like sure. <laughs> he was a he was a great guy right D- you I mean, know? depending on your historical take, D- but, but sure, sure yeah okay Gen- so, generally speaking <laughs> it has been noted right, he's a good guy mr rogers yeah because <laughs> everybody well, knows yeah. he was can a great you pick guy. someone that's not controversial please james <laughs> Uh yeah no i was gonna say someone else we won't okay so but they say the name right. of jesus and it's like okay well you know that there's power in that name. That's right. Even though you don't believe, even though they're using it in a wrong, yeah. in a wrong perspective, um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't just substitute any other name there. Um, and that's that's an important, that's an important distinction, important thing to think about. Um, there's there's a lot of questions here. Then, okay, can I, should I take the name of the Lord? Um, we might think about on um, when you're asked to swear before a judge or before right. a jury. Um, can I put my hand on the Bible? And I think there, there's been some lively discussion on this question amongst Christians for the past couple hundred years. Uh, and the position that the Catechism takes, I think, is uh, I think is really good. Um, may we not swear by the name of God in a relig- in a religious manner? And the the Catechism says, yes, when the magistrate requires it, or it may be needful otherwise to maintain and promote fidelity and truth to the glory of God and our neighbor's good, Mm -hmm. for such swearing is grounded in God's word and therefore was rightly used by the saints in the Old Testament, Old and New Testament, excuse me, Um, that God swears by his own name to accomplish what he has purposed to do. So it's, it, but again, that's God using God's name. So we, we need to be mindful. If we're going to take an oath, we better not attribute to God something that's less than the truth or something less than the desire for his own glory. And he the catechism's good here, too, in that he says when, when the magistrate requires it, when there's kind of a... Like, God has given the power of the sword, Romans teaches us, the power of the sword is given to... The, the civil magistrate in order to execute justice onto the people. Like, it's a good thing for there to be governments 
that right. establish good rules. Yeah. Like anarchy is not the is not the way forward for the people of of this society. No, good laws, good government. You know, and we can have conversations about what those things might be. Right. But the magistrate doesn't bear the sword in vain, is what Scripture says. That he has a reason for it. So if there's an instance in which the magistrate who's acting justly and in accordance with, so for example, if you saw a murder happen and they want to bring the murderer to justice, uh, you know, that you can swear an oath in order to promote what God has said, that murder is a wrong thing and that it desires, it it needs, the desire is that it be prosecuted appropriately according to just means. Well, that, that's an instance I think the catechism would say, yes, this is an appropriate use. Um, you're not to swear uh, by the Lord's name in in flippant ways or in trivial ways or in ways that are dishonest. You know, right. um, if you say, "Oh, I swear to God that this happened and it didn't really happen," well, that's oh, yeah. taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, that's t- using the Lord's name uh, in an improper way. What Ananias and Sapphira did in Acts chapter five—that's taking the Lord's name in an improper in an improper way. They're lying to the Lord while saying they are His children, while yeah. saying they belong to the people of God. Uh, and I, I think that's the that's the principal sense in which this commandment is disobeyed is whenever people say they are Christians and they live otherwise. Right. To be fair, all of us do that every day, right? We're all, none of us are above, uh, above the, above the law. None of us are above the sinfulness of our own hearts. Each one of us sins every single day. And if we think that we don't, we're deceived, mm-hmm. and the Bible is very clear about that. We won't stop sinning until that day when we are with the Lord forevermore, r- released from this body uh, and with a new and resurrected body with Him forever in the new heavens and the new earth. What a glorious day that will be! Um, but while we walk here on the earth, we are going to be plagued by by sin. We're going to be plagued by disobedience to the law, breaking the of the Ten Commandments of the things God has told us to do. And yet, there is a distinction and a difference between breaking God's commands and walking in repentance for breaking those yes. commands and pray- prayerfully coming to the Lord to ask for forgiveness and pretending like, yeah, it's no big deal, one time I got baptized. Yeah, it's no big deal, one time I signed this card or I prayed this prayer or my grandma or my grandpa went to church, so I used to go to church growing up. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'm always trying to invite people to church, and so I'll always ask people, Hey, where do you go to church? And I get this response all the time from folks. Oh, you know, when I go, yeah. uh, I go, I go here. Or when I go, I'm in, I'm involved here. Uh, but these days, it's just hard to hard to get to church uh, a lot of the time. Uh, and and you know, I sh- I struggle with how to respond to that because it's very clear to me that the individual doesn't have a high priority for those kinds right. of things. And so I I just wonder if you don't have a high priority on being a part of the church. I wonder what other things God talks about you don't have a high priority for. Right. And I wonder if, too, if there's any desire to keep the third commandment. Um, not that you don't say, oh, my God, in a, right. in a flippant kind of way, but that you call yourself a follower of the Lord and yet don't do the things that he commands. Um, we, we are called to to image God to the world, to be the image of God. So the, the idea here is that when Israel marches from Sinai to to the nation of Israel to the land of Palestine when they possess the land when they kick out all of the uh, the other peoples in that land and all of the other gods that are currently being worshipped in that land. They purify the land for the name of the Lord. The hope is that all of the surrounding nations will be able to look at Israel and to say that's what God is like. 
God is just and merciful and gracious. Like there's all of these laws and rules and provisions in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy that t- tell the people how to deal justly um, with with the affairs of you know of human beings, how to deal justly and righteously with one another that are not present in any other law code of the right. pe- of the surrounding people. And so it's like it's I mean we talk about being countercultural, like it's truly countercultural for the people of Israel to live in this kind of way. And the hope is that the non-believers will look and say, that's what God is like. And the goal of the Old Testament, if you read the book of Isaiah, is that the nations will come to the Lord. That it's not just that the Jews God is interested in saving, he's interested in saving, saving people from every tribe, tongue, people, tribe, tongue, people, and language, right? And so that begins with Israel, but it's supposed to spread out to the ends of the earth. That's what you see in the book of Acts actually right. eventually happen, is that God uh, makes good on his promises there. But the goal there is that Old Testament Israel will be a specific kind of people, an image, a specific um, radiance of God's glory. Well, now in the New Testament, the church is to do the same thing, that the, the people of God are to live in such a way to take God's name upon themselves in their baptism, right, and in their profession of faith, and then live in such a way as to make the glory of God evident to the people uh, that, that watch that watch them live, um, to, to live in the light, to walk in the light as he is in the light, to be salt and light, as Jesus says in Matthew, um, to the people that don't know the Lord, so that they might see a picture, a representation of what the ruling of God looks like in someone's life, what submission to the Lord really looks like. And that's not a that's not a submission like submission to Pharaoh, where we reluctantly obey what Pharaoh has commanded us to do. It's a submission of obedience and submission of joy that we get to worship and to follow the leadership of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely, which goes right back to what we talked about in the other episodes about it's because I love God that I do these That's things. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think uh, with the story that you shared with Ananias, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't tell them what he got for the property. It was it was through the Holy Spirit that they knew he was lying. That's and right. So yeah. I think that it's important for us to know just because we think we're fooling the people around us, we're not fooling God. We're not fooling God. That's right. Now, the Holy Spirit is probably not going to tell you when someone is lying, you know, <laughs> right. pro- probably, uh, g- generally, that's that's not the case. Um, people lie to to you, and the the goal of the moral of that story is you're going to get lied to. Sometimes you can find out when people are lying, but right. uh, a lot of the time we're not apostles, and so they they were specifically gifted uh, in this specific kind of way. But I think it, this happens in Acts chapter five as a warning to the church that you, church you can't just call yourself right. by God's name and then live however you want and expect. Everything's going to be gravy. Yeah. Uh, no, if you're going to call yourself by God's name, if you're going to take His name to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, let's not miss that in Matthew yep. 28. What's happening there? We are literally being baptized into God's name to yeah. bear His name um, for His His glory, you know, and for our good. We're to do those things. We can't just um, do that flippantly. And that's that's. I, Acts twenty, or Acts chapter five with Ananias and Sapphira serves as an example to us um, that God cares about how His people live, and He desires them to live in such a way that please that pleases Him. Now, Ananias and Sapphira break 
two of the Ten Commandments here, you know, if not more. But not only do they take the name of the Lord in vain, but they also um, they also lie to their fellow man, also lie to the to the apostles there. Yeah. Um, and so that, that just goes us to show us that though there are two tables in the law, they're not totally divorced from one another. That when we sin, uh, Psalm fifty one says this: when David sins against Bathsheba and against Uriah after he has Uriah killed. He writes in Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned, talking about to the Lord. Now, to the common person looking at the scenario, no, it's against Bathsheba that's he's sinned, and it's against Uriah that he's sinned, and it's against uh, you know all these other people that he's sinned, but God, David says, no, Lord, it's against you and you alone who I've, who I've sinned. And so this, this commandment is not so much about what other people hear us say. Yeah. It's about how God sees us live. And that is so, so important for us to understand. The third commandment is not just about not saying certain swear words. Right. It's, it is that, right? We should honor God with our speech, but it's Absolutely. so much more than that. It's so much greater than that. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to share this one last thing. Uh, we're reading a book right now called, I think it's just Gospel is the name of the book. The Gospel. The yeah. Gospel. By Ray Orland in the Nine Marks Building Healthy Church series, a little green book. Yeah. Uh, it's a great book. One of the things that he said was that when you ask people where do they go to church, sometimes they'll say, oh, I don't go to church. It's full of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. He has two responses. It's one tongue-in-cheek where he wants to say, well, then you'll fit right in. Uh, And then the other was, well, you're right. It is full of church, uh, full of hypocrites, but you don't know the half of it, you know, and he can go into then explaining the gospel that it was because we are hypocritical that Christ came and he saved us. And now, sure, we're church filled with people that sure. probably fail all the time, but that's why we're together. Yeah. And so, and what an amazing way to ask someone to come to church with you yeah. uh, and be a part of it. And I think that's what this is all about. In, in the spirit of full transparency, I think we are reading that book together, but I think that you heard me say that in staff meeting because I heard someone else say that on a podcast. And this is all a segue to something really important, because it was Kevin DeYoung, who has written a really great book on the Ten Commandments uh, that I've been plugging. And I heard him say that on a podcast last week when I was mowing the yard. And I borrowed that and said that in staff meeting. Um, And now you're saying it on this podcast. So in full disclosure, (laughs) if you hear Kevin DeYoung say that in something on his podcast, which you should listen to his podcast because it's really good, uh, that's where that came from. Really? So so anyway, we don't want to lie. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to lie, and I don't want you to lie, and I don't want all of our listeners to no. hear us lie. Uh, and I do want you to read Kevin DeYoung's book on the Ten Commandments. Perfect. And so that's how that all kind of comes full circle there. Yeah, perfect. All so, right, well. What you had to say is exactly true, though. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Before we get struck dead and someone comes and drags our bodies out um, for, uh, for lying to the Holy Spirit. Uh, this this is an important this is an important thing if we can recover from that this I'm is sorry. an important thing for us to consider um, and the way in which God has called His people to live yeah. is so so important and what James said right there is exactly true the church is filled with hypocrites um, but it's not it's not hypocrites who are who are content in their hypocrisy we we desire and we want as Christians we should desire and we should want less and less for our hypocrisy to be the case and more and more of God's glory to be known. Absolutely. That's a good word. Perfect. Well, any other final thoughts before we end this episode? I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, I'm excited again to get into all of these. If you have not watched our previous episodes, make sure and do that. Number four, commandment number four is next, and it is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Uh, And so if you want hot takes, make sure you listen to episode four 
Yeah, because it's gonna gonna be some hot takes. All right. Well, here we go. Digging our heels in. Get ready for that one. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you right here on the next episode of the Creekside Podcast.